Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Anything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown. You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right, another week, and training camp is underway as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 186. At the top of this week's show, we've got a special edition of the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. We're going to start things off with Chalk Talk, where the guys to either side of me, Chris McPherson, Ben Fennel, the three of us are going to get together and share our observations from practice. Every single day there's practice here during training camp in South Philadelphia. We're going to get together, we're going to share our notes. So daily podcast is long as training camp is underway and i'm going to get into exactly what our objective will be at the top of this show here in chalk talk let's get down to business it's time for chalk talk all right well let's get into it now it's chalk talk and like i said earlier i've got C-Mac to my right. I've got Ben Fennel to my left. Those of you on YouTube can see it, but if you're just listening at home, give you a sense of what we're looking at. Really, the, the overall sense of uh, what we're going to do here. For those of you in the past that may remember our practice report series, our video series that we would put uh, after every practice during training camp in the past, well, that's now in podcast form. And that's what these are going to serve as right here. So shortened Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. We're not going to be doing completion percentages or charting who's where and giving you all crazy numbers. Just general high-view high expectations and observations, really, of what we've seen during the day's practice. And uh, if anybody is here to overreact to anything, it's the man to my left, and that's uh, Ben Fennel, who loves overreactions to daily recaps of practice. Well, I know we're all excited to have football back, so we, you know, we're pretty emotional about what we see players-wise. A lot of rookies out there, free agents, and you want to react so much to what you saw out there. But remember, it's just day one. They're out there practicing, just getting back into shape. So I think it's you know important to emphasize to not overreact about what you see out on the practice field. Well, 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 how can we start podcast trying to temper down expectations? <laughs> you know, it took me two years to get back on this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy my stint here. Uh, but fair enough, though. It was they were in shells today. It wasn't even pads. Yep. And it was a 10-10-10 practice, a shortened version of practice, just to get them acclimated back to being on the field, to ramp them up. I believe Saturday is the first day that pads actually go on. And I feel like it served as a way to kind of get us back into the swing of things, too, as from a media standpoint. All right, it's not going to be too long. We're not going to go one-on-ones or anything. Just give us a little bit of taste. Wet our beak a little bit. Um, so we're, we're not going to be going I, – I, I'm going to be honest. I have no idea how this is going to go each and every day. I guess we'll get into a little bit of a groove, but um, I think overall – there are just going to be some uh, some observations. We're going to we're going to try. You're going to get play by plays elsewhere, right? Like you're going to get, hey, you know, and, and really, if you want to get a really in depth look at what happened in practice, go to our practice notes. We're going to bring that back. The three of us get together. We share all of our notes from practice, where whether it's play by plays from periods or just things from the side interactions with coaches. I know Ben loves looking uh, for those kinds of things. We're going to share some of that here. But if you want the full scope, you want to make sure you go check out the practice notes. They'll be up on the site uh, later on every single day again that there's practice. So. We come in, we shoot this podcast first, then we'll go and put all of our notes down on paper. So uh, I'm just going to open this up. Overall thoughts, uh, C-Mac, I'll start with you. Overall thought, just walking off the practice field here into the studio. First and foremost, I'm going to throw a stat at you. I know okay. you already said we're not going to be about stats, but yeah. to show you how excited the media and the city of Philadelphia is to have Eagles practices resume. How many people? Johnny Ganone from our Eagles Public Relations Department counted 85 members of the media. That, 
four less members of the media than there are players uh, on the field. Say, 89 players, 85 that members of the media. That's crazy. So almost a one-to-one ratio. But overall, big picture, I'm going to start with the quarterback, okay? The fact is he's out there participating in 11-on-11s from day one, fully healthy, hmm. arm touch, looked great out there in the field, very accurate throughout, throughout practice, had a couple of nice throws. Alshon comes to mind, a couple of Deshaun come to mind. Uh, just overall, very crisp, a good start for Carson Wentz, which is what, that's the biggest thing. And mm. I know there are some people who are saying, well, you're tired of watching the quarterback position because of what's going on with Carson Wentz. I mean, you want to see the franchise quarterback after getting the new contract. You know, internally, everyone knew that he's the face of the franchise sure. for a long term. Okay, publicly now, it's obviously clear getting that extension through 2024. But the big thing is you want to see him in shine. And it was great to see him out there running the offense right from the jump. And you mentioned the, the completions to Deshaun Jackson. That two-minute period at the end, that last team period, seemed they hooked up, I think, three or four times yeah. on that quote-unquote drive uh, as they moved the ball down the field. I thought Carson threw the ball well. Uh, what do you got for me, man? So Anything in, overall? Yeah, man? in addition to the quarterbacks, obviously great seeing Carson Wentz out there looking healthy and confident. And, you know, just he's one of the veterans of the team now. Yep. And he's yeah. going into his fourth year. It's crazy. Just, yeah. I don't feel like we have a whole lot more to learn about Carson Wentz. He's the veteran of the group. We know what to expect. We've seen his elite play, and that's kind of the expectations of the fan base and the team moving forward. He's the veteran of the group. No yeah, question. Like and there's a lot of moving parts, a yeah. lot of new faces. So it was exciting to see some of these new jerseys and new numbers and to see Deshaun back and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. And this is really the first time we've seen everybody together. Mm. Uh, so it's great just to see that collective group and to watch these guys break the huddle together and see this is the 2019 Philadelphia Eagles. There's a lot that changed from last offseason. Yep. Uh, excuse me, last season, uh, heading into the spring and the summers. Like every team has kind of some roster turnover and some changing of the guards. So it's just really exciting to see it all together. Miles Sanders, uh, the first team period, had one nice run. A lot of oohs and ahs, especially from the media contingent. Oh, the cutback was sweet. Oh, yeah, the cutback was nice. It he was had, nice. He started to his right. He cut downhill, and they made a nice cutback through the back door. Uh, Adam Kaplan, a friend of the podcast, came over, and he said to me and Ben, he said, you know, they just—they didn't have a guy last year that was able that had that kind of juice. And you see that guy, uh, you see Miles, you know, one of his first carries in camp uh, go a long way after not practicing much in the spring. You know, it's interesting. I talked to Darren Sproles on Friday okay. after we announced the new contract, and I actually asked him, you know, when the Eagles brought in Jordan Howard, when the Eagles drafted Miles Sanders, fifty-third overall, did you think that the door was shut? And he goes, "No, we needed a back like Jordan in the building." Mm-hmm. And when it comes to Miles. He's someone who's going to grow with Carson and develop in this offense to be like the young back for mm. years to come. And you actually made a, an interesting point, Fran, when we were talking just in the office uh, the other day about Darren Sproles and uh, just helping show Miles the ropes yep. and allow him to grow and develop. And not saying that Sproles is just here for that role. Obviously, they think he could be a third down back, sure. in fact, in a return game. But the fact that he brings that leadership and that he makes – Everyone, all the coaches, the executives, he just sets that standard that everyone has to uphold. Yeah, and I think ultimately, and Ben, you can kind of speak to this as well. Like, you know, we and I've, we've talked about this in the podcast the last couple of weeks. We just got back from that O line masterminds, uh, you know, summit down in Dallas, and um, how many of those linemen talked about how the impact that they had from older guys in the building when they first got in. Hey, we've new young guys, like latch on to those veterans. So. Darren Sproles can serve as that guy, that kind of role model for for Miles Sanders. Yeah, I think it's just great having that veteran presence of a fairly young running back room yep. and obviously some new moving parts like Jordan Howard and just getting acclimated with the offense. But as exciting as it is to see Miles Sanders when that ball is hiked and, you know, the play is in action, 
I put a lot more emphasis on the pre-snap and what happens after the play. These rookies, I just want to see them get lined up properly. I want to see them knowing where to go. I don't want to see a lot of barking or veterans correcting them. And then after the play, my eyes go right to Deuce Staley because he'll let you know if he has something to say after the play and if somebody did something wrong. So a lot of times his enthusiasm and his mannerisms will let you know if there was a strong coaching point that he's running over and making sure that you know the young guys know right away. So for you guys, for when we're watching practice, me and Ben are almost we're like attached to the hip most of the time, and I'm watching and I'm fo- very focused on like all right, what's happening on the field? You know, every play. All right, uh, you know, one play ends, I'm starting to look. All right, who's going in? Who's subbing in? Who's subbing out? Ben's always looking to the sideline. Oh, like you know, look at look at Jason Peters talking with Andre Diller. Look at Deuce talking with Miles Sanders. Look at Avon. Tay Maddox with Malcolm Jenkins. You're always looking for. I saw those a play today where Deuce got off the sideline, started to walk ten yards out after a play, and you just know he had something to say. Right? Not necessarily he's chewing anybody out. Yeah, right. No. But that there was a point after the play he wanted to go make sure he was conveying. And yep. sometimes he's very eager. He's very hands on with his players. He's one of the more vocal coaches on this team. So he's one of those assistant coaches, position coaches to really watch and to see how kind of how he's affecting some of the younger players. Yeah, moving on to the pass catchers, a lot of both tight ends, which we would have expected, but uh, I thought the catch of the day came from Nelson Aguilar on a deep crossing route. Yep. Uh, that was to me was maybe the play of the day if we're gonna if we're gonna you know give it that kind of moniker. Uh, it was a play action play. Uh, Carson Wentz dropped back and hit him on a deep crossing route. There was somebody stretching the field vertically, uh, and Nelson came across and really great you know pirouettes in the air makes the catch in traffic. There was a, a, a defender right in his face. It was a really, really impressive catch. Yeah, I, I just remember watching him come out of the slot because that's a big thing is, yeah. you know, you're trying to figure out who's aligned where in this offense early on to see if they're going to mix and match and move some of these pieces around and play with, you know, with the weapons that they have. Yep. Um, but Shakoma's no surprise from Nelson. You just want to see the consistency mm. more than anything else. But, you know, going back to how Gray is having Wentz out there on the field, it's, he gets that timing with the players. Yep. He develops that chemistry. Deshaun Jackson talked a lot about that after practice, having him all spring to be able to work with and you know getting the reps now so that once again season, you saw some of that, you mentioned on that two-man mm-hmm. drill, some of the timing seems to really be there. That's the type of stuff that is going to be incrementally improved day in and day out that you're maybe not going to you know observe and be able to quantify every day, but throughout time, that's a little stuff that's going to improve that'll pay off dividends come starting September 8th. Are well, there any other big takeaways from a post-practice media session? Uh, let's see. With Deshaun, spent a good amount of time with Deshaun, and uh, it was Bob Ford from the Inquirer was asking, you know, oh, you're still as fast as you were when you came in the league. And, and I asked something, going back to your eagle eye, before the Eagles played Tampa Bay last year, and mm. you noted how good of a route runner yeah, I remember Deshaun. Ben, yeah, we watched together, no question. Deshaun's coming. I asked him that question. I said, how much better of a route runner? Maybe you might still be about as fast, but you know, when you're improving as a route runner, and he said that he's just taken time to develop the craft and that you're still as fast, if not faster to an extent, because you know how to read defenses, you know how to speed in and out of your breaks, you know how to toy with defenses that's not just fastballs every single time out there. I really noticed that change, like his last year in Washington, and he got incrementally better each year, like the, for the two years he was in Tampa, and then that yeah. last year in Washington. And the other thing was, you know, he came back here to hopefully hold up the Lombardi Trophy. He's never done it in his career. He missed out when the Eagles did it a couple of seasons ago, and he said that you know, they addressed it in the team meeting. You know, Doug Peterson said, you know, that's the goal. That the goal is to win the Super Bowl. And he said, if that's not your goal, you shouldn't be in the NFL. Yep. But they know what they have to do. They know it's a long journey. 
they don't want to talk about anymore. They kind of want to put that behind the scenes and be like, look, let's just work toward that goal. We don't want to say anything outlandish to put the bullseye on our back, you know, that we don't have to. And he said, and I actually asked, you know, would you have said, would you have done that or taken that approach 10 years ago? And he goes, nope. And he's like, I remember <laughs> I was here with the dream team and I remember how that all played out. So he's like, there's no need to uh, put unnecessary targets on our backs. Uh, let's get to the offensive line, Ben. You and I watched uh, those guys warm up a little bit before they got into team periods. Um, you know, a lot of really intriguing storylines there. You know, okay, what's going on at right guard? Brandon Brooks is he going to be able to play early on? He didn't start the, the summer on pup, which is uh, which was big news. Very but, positive. Um, you know, you see Halapulavati Vitai working in at right guard. We got to see a little bit of Dillard today. We saw uh, you saw uh, Jordan Mailata. We got to see some things from the O line. Yeah, I think three of the big takeaways you just mentioned, seeing Big V over at right guard, a position yep. we really haven't seen. He's been at left tackle, right tackle, swing tackle, yep. really hasn't been used as an interior offensive lineman. So it's interesting to see how he'll do in there in combination with having to work with Jason Kelsey to the left, Lane Johnson to the right. So there's a lot of communications, a lot of just feel and just getting a rhythm with the guys working next to you. It's going to be a work in progress until Brandon Brooks comes back and gets back to his usual spot. But again, great to see Andre Dillard out there. He was a guy I really had my eyes on to see how close he was with Jason Peters, how vocal was Jeff Soutland after plays with him, working one-on-one, things like that. Also some technique things, you know, coming from Washington State, rarely ever had to put his hand into the dirt. Mm. So I wanted to see if he ever lined up in a three-point stance, primarily in a two-point stance like our tackles play here. So yep. I didn't really see anything technique-wise or anything he struggled with uh, adapting to the Philadelphia Eagles scheme, but... Saw a lot of classic Doug Peterson concepts out yep. there. We saw the 12 personnel. We saw a lot of play action. You know, we saw a variety of the screens, whether it's the tight yep. ends or the running back game. So nothing too exotic on day one here. A lot of the kind of classic Eagle schemes. Yeah. You guys were very impressed with Dillard and his ability to mirror pass rushers yeah. today. Yeah, I mean, I think you watch him. To me, like, I remember watching warm-ups, and I turned to Ben, and I was like, you know, you look at uh, Mylotta and Dillard, not a lot of teams in the NFL can say that they've got those two kind of guys as the backup tackles in the league. And, it's, and not to mention Big V's experience. Yeah, the guy no that's doubt. played left tackle mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. Yep. You know, the guy with valuable, valuable reps in NFL games that you forget. That's five very valuable tackles in the league. And I think we've all learned depth is needed and depth usually wins in the NFL. On, and you can yep. never have too many guys in the trenches. Uh, I want to change it up to defense. Can I just say that one of my big takeaways? This will go in the people probably the first my first note for the practice yeah. notes will be just looking at Malik Jackson. Like th- this guy looks like a monster, and just having him next to Fletcher Cox is something I'm very very excited about. Well, just talking about looks for a second, and this is the first time we've had the team all together, right? So perspectives are very interesting. To see all 90 guys standing next to each other. Yeah, we may have seen a guy in college or seen him on the draft stage, but now you're seeing him with the collective position groups. Yep. And you really start to take notes of the shapes and sizes and who's taller, who's shorter, who stands out from the position groups. And it's really fun just to look at them all collectively together for the first time and to really see how these players are built. You see like a Carlton Agadosi, and it's like, all right. Who just towers <laughs> yeah. over the receiver group. He's every yeah. bit of 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and no just doubt. really fun to see him next to each other or whether it's to Josh Adams standing next to a Darren Sproles. And, hey, they're all running backs, but everybody's built a little bit different. You don't really grasp that and absorb that until you see them next to each other. You know, another guy who looks the part up front is uh, is Josh Sweat, and he looks he looks like he's you know just more physically developed. He was big coming out of Florida State last year, but a year's worth of uh, off season work and weight room work here in Philadelphia, uh, I think, has has helped him. He he really looks the part. You know, he was a five star recruit 
come out sure. of high school for yep. a reason. He was the national player of the year, and there's a reason why he had all this hype. Now the question is, can you – potential that dangerous word in the NFL, you've got to start turning it into production. Uh, but with the coaching staff, with Philip Daniels taking over as a defensive line coach, with his NFL experience, he spoke very highly of Sweat mm. in the offseason. Uh, it seemed like Sweat was making tremendous strides throughout the spring practices. And look, the Eagles have – you know, Brandon Graham, Vinnie Curry, Derek Barnett's not taking part yet in 11-on-11s, but he's on the right path and, you know, spoke out. He's ready to ascend and, you know, reach the next level yep. this season. Uh, obviously picking 14th overall. Who's that fourth defensive end going to be? I mean, yeah. it's Sweat. You got Shreve Miller, Joe Osman, Deshaun Hall. It's You're hoping somebody rises. And some yeah. of the major camp battles at that position are going to be a against a rookie left tackle, Andre Dillard, a yeah. developmental player in Jordan Mulata. This is kind of Josh Sweat's camp to show what he can do and earn that spot and that depth, that pass rusher. Again, a, another position you can never have too many players at. We've seen the injuries the past couple of years at the position. Yep. It's Josh Sweat's position to lose. The rookie, the developmental guy, those are the guys you need to beat in camp. And it's a, you know going to be a big July and August for him. But to your point, C-Mac, the uh, majority of Sweat's reps today, because of Barnett not participating in team, came against Jason Peters. And yep. I remember watching uh, Barnett his rookie year. You know, He was a back going up against JP in practice. And it was just fun every day to watch the young kid going up against Jason Peters. It's going to be fun to be able to do that again this summer. Um, going uh, moving on to the secondary, uh, the one thing you noticed, Benton, was um, you know obviously no Jalen Mills yet, still not practicing, but uh, Avante Maddox and Sidney Jones trying to get a sense of all right, who's inside, who's outside. It seemed like those guys kind of moved around a little bit today. Yeah, I don't want to put too much emphasis on one player yes. or the other, and I think these guys' versatility and the ability to play multiple positions are what makes them special. Yep. Not to say he's a true corner, he's a true nickel, he needs to play on the back end. Having experience at all these spots, like we saw from Avante Maddox last year, having to fill in at safety when they had an injury, having versatility is a positive. I don't look at it as a battle at nickel or battle at corner. You just want guys that are experienced at multiple positions, and I think that's what July is all about. Yeah. Uh, Any other... Quick takeaways, I guess, from the defense. We didn't spend a little bit more time on the offense, but uh, before we break, uh, any just quick thoughts walking away before we write up our notes? A couple of things I, I noticed. I noticed a few times I saw some of the edge rushers lining up in two-point stances, okay. which you know you don't That's see different. a whole lot of. Yeah. And again, this is the time to experiment and toy and see what you can do with with the players on the field. Speaking but, of which, by the way, you make a great analogy, the, uh, the the driving range. Can you explain that one? Yeah, I mention this a lot when I see, you know, obviously social media gets blown up this time of year with training camp uh, reps okay. and one-on-ones, whether it's pass rushing one-on-ones, yeah. DB corners. And just a reminder to people, it's like studying a golfer at the driving range. Yep. And I work a lot at the driving range, and I am a horrendous driving range golfer. And I've I'm just seen a people, just a horrendous golfer. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen people watch me at the range and say, "Whoa, this guy is a he's, he thinks he's a decent golfer." You have no idea what I'm working on. That I changed my grip, I changed my swing, changed my follow through. I'm working on a new three corner punch, holding my follow through low. You don't know what I'm working on, and just like you don't know what these players are working on, they may be trying a new technique. They may be trying a different, uh, you know, tendency or a coaching point that somebody emphasized to them. You have no idea what they're working on. All you see is a finished product. So just a bit of a disclaimer when you see these reps and you may see a tackle get run over or a a corner get blown by. 
you don't really know what they're working on, what they've changed, what they're you know being asked to do out there. So just a bit of a disclaimer when you see these videos and let the players practice. Let them work on things on the practice field. And I think it's kind of an interesting philosophy to even watch these guys and study the practice field. This should really be their private time, their personal time to work on their craft and not have the pressure of the public in the media analyzing every step that they make. Mm. Well, what, what fun is that? <laughs> what am I, I going to make about? The yin yang between takes. you two is going to be great. Although, I will say that next time we hit the links together and I put one in like the fourth tree back, I was, like, yeah, I was messing with my grip, but right. I'm getting yeah. a mulligan on well, that Well, I, I was thinking it's been like the Jeff Garcia of golfers, yeah. where it doesn't yeah. look great in practice, but then you get out there on the field and it's like My golf showtime. game is very similar. I'm very unsuspecting <laughs> on the range, but I get out there and I'm a gamer. I play the course, you know? Uh, so if I had anyone evaluating my play at the driving range, they would probably see a much <laughs> different golfer than they did out on the course. And just like some of these players, different practice players than when the lights are hot. Yep. And I think you get a little bit of that in summer. All right. So I didn't want to take. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I thought that when you brought up the two point stances, no, I thought no, there was something great. different. We should have uh, Ben jump in. Was there anything else that you saw? Also, from- another note from the edge rush standpoint with Derek Barnett talking to, talking to him after practice. Okay. He wears like the sweat jacket. Under I know the he does all the time. It's yep. insane. Yeah. I'm like, you know, he's panting, he's tired, you know, doing... It was beautiful work. out today. It was like high 70s, low 80s. It was, like, so, it was nice. so hot. It's it so was hot. still running around. But I'm just like, man, like, he's like, every day. I'm like, all right. Matt Collins had the, uh, the sweats on today. Really? Yeah, he had the uh, sweats on. on that. It was nice seeing Mac out there. Uh, yes. Had a nice catch on a deep cross, a really good throw from <laughs> He's alive. Uh, from, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, from his uh, from his tweet. Which he even well he done. leans into it. Okay. So right. It's... I feel like it's like you should have him holding up a uh, a newspaper with like today's date. <laughs> like <laughs> this is me. I'm here. Uh, but Mac is, and it was great to see him back out in the field. You know, he uh, he had a really nice catch from I want to say it was Nate Sudfeld, a deep out route. Uh, I want to say second period of practice. We'll we'll hit on that in the notes, but. Um, this was good. We'll see how this develops uh, over the course of the next uh, couple of weeks. We'll be here every single day, so familiar territory for us here. But uh, that'll do it for this week or for this episode here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. We'll be back tomorrow breaking down practice two for Chris McPherson and Ben Fennell. I'm Fran Duffy. We'll see you tomorrow.